welcome back on By Positive. This is your host, Mari. And MD. And today we will be continuing, well, sort of continuing our discussion of representation and queer baiting by finishing up with the gaydar, or in our case, the bi-fi, if you will, <laughs> which is a beautiful term coined by uh, Tumblr, I believe. So yeah. Thank you for that. Is it real? Um, can we assume a person's sexuality just by looking at them and interacting with them once? Yeah. What do you think? Like, or is it rude? Or is, is it, it rude? rude? Yeah. I think, okay, my experience is my Wi-Fi is pretty accurate in general, mm-hmm. but also it's very disturbing. I mean, we talked about queer baiting uh, last episode, and um, I mean, you know, I was talking about Supergirl and Katie McGrath. Kate, uh, she's not know how she pronounced her name, but whatever. Katie Kate, Kate, Kate McGrath. <laughs> she's, she's Irish, so I can't do Irish <laughs> accent. Yeah, she's playing incredibly gay. She has played, played I mean, lesbian character on screen but and also she's very discreet about her personal life so we can only assume that maybe she's in straight mm-hmm. but yeah and I think a lot of queer women would say no there's no way Katie McGrath is straight or we talked about uh, Bicloy and the whole Anna Kendrick thing where she says she's straight but a lot again a lot of queer women will say no she's not it's not possible that she is and it turned out that uh, those impressions were right in the past with uh, with uh, Ellen Page with uh, Kirsten Stewart, uh, so, but also what gave us the right to assume. to assume, because we kind of have that vibe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, for me, at least, my gaydar, bi-fi, whatever, has always been terrible. Uh, I like I've always had inklings, but they. Normally, I'm like, I either dismiss them and they turn out to be right, or I accept them and they turn out to be wrong. I never get it. I never hit the nail on the head, which I don't know if I've faced any frustrations with that. Because I, you know, I think it's okay. I don't think it's okay, but I think it's better to assume internally and then check with a person rather than be like, oh, you're, you're gay. Yeah, no, the, <laughs> the worst thing is to be to out them. But it's... It's a lot about respecting identity building. Yeah, I, I mean, I can say that I had the experience in the other, in, in, in being on the other side uh, when. So I said that actually, like, I disclosed last last week that I was um, last time that I was um, playing uh, football soccer uh, back in the day, and in my team, most girls uh, were uh, gay or queer in general, and uh, I arrived there thinking that I was straight even though they were kind of in a relationship with the girl at the time. Very weird, denial, complicated. <laughs> anyway, and one of the things that made it harder for me to get it, it's because there were also pressure from the girls. Mm-hmm. For me to try, but uh, to, to make, to be, to be, to like, yeah, there was a lot of pressure from them. Are you saying that they were hitting on you? Is that what mm-hmm. you're saying? <laughs> More or less directly. But it was just about, like, kind of, we feel you're not straight, mm-hmm. and you should try, but... I knew I was into men, and at the time I couldn't really make sense of all of, all of this. Mm-hmm. And I think them pressuring me mm-hmm. didn't help at all. Yeah, I think it it made really like it would probably I would probably have figured things out maybe a little bit faster if I had hadn't had such pressure from them too. I felt, I felt pressure from from the straight <laughs> world, like for the world in general, social conformity of being with a man, and from them to be gay also because it was not clear. What they were telling me, because again, bisexuality doesn't exist, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, yeah, with all, of course it exists. We 
both here. But uh, she's trying to explain heavy sarcasm. Yeah, it's very <laughs> difficult to explain on a podcast. Yeah, it it was it was really confusing and not helpful at all. Mm. So it's 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 yeah when you feel that someone might not be straight, you can't really tell them or insist or ask. Even sometimes, even asking would be like, is that rude? I think on, on on my part, at least, I was raised in, in Ukraine, which is a very straight country, or at least it appears to be a very straight country. Now I'm not so sure. But when I was growing up there, I left when I was 17 years old. I was growing up there, and so the, the default, which I think it is in a lot of countries, but more so in countries that are very close-minded, the default is that everybody's straight. Mm. That is kind of the assumption that you're laboring under, and you have to be really, really super flamboyant for <laughs> someone to be like, okay, you may be gay. Even then yeah. you're like, is he metrosexual? <laughs> is, yeah. that, is that like a fashion vibe I'm getting from you? But that is the impression I was laboring under. Maybe that messed with the development of my personal bi-fi. <laughs> because it wasn't until later that I even discovered that there was a term for like having that sort of inkling that that the other person might be queer. Because yeah. I was like, you know what, maybe that's just, maybe I'm just being weird. But again, you know, the issue is, how do you approach someone that you think might be queer without it appearing to be to be rude or, or calling them out or outing them? Yeah, and also because if they're not absolutely not ready to face it. Yeah. Um, assuming that you're right, <laughs> they might not be completely ready to face it. And in that case, they might actually be pretty rude to you if you try an approach of, okay, by the way, like, I'm, I'm bi, or, mm-hmm. and, and, and disclose about yourself, hoping that it will help them, you might actually be faced with rejection yeah. because they're not ready. And that's the issue, you know, you see a lot of these stories on Tumblr where it's like, I just came out to my parents, and my mom was like, oh, I already knew. And it's kind of <laughs> like, it's heartwarming, the fact that they're accepting, but at the same time, it's like, you knew and you didn't tell me or is it you knew and you assumed or you knew and you imposed it on me like there's so many questions floating around in terms of this this whole other people know but I don't um kind of things because in my understanding and that you know I may be wrong but in my understanding identity is something you develop for yourself and it's weird with sexuality because it's a hidden identity you know when it's Mm -hmm. race it's it's clearly visible yeah. And when it's a disability, it's most of the time it's clearly visible. Mm-hmm. When it's mental illness, it's it's more or less hidden, but still there are certain things that, that make it a little bit more indicative to the world. Mm-hmm. But when it's sexuality, some people are really good at masking it or, yeah. or hiding it or conforming to it without being aware of it. So how do, how do you deal with someone being like, oh no, your identity was out in the open this entire time and you had no idea? Yeah, it's very weird, especially for bisexuality. <laughs> yeah. Because you can be... You can, especially if you are at the time with someone of, of the opposite, opposite, other gender, uh, you you conform socially, so nobody sees it. It's I don't, I don't even know if there's one answer, but to adapt to the situation, kind mm-hmm. of see what's what's uh, possible to do. Yeah, and and it's also there's again if you want to see the problem. And with the with the if you, yeah if we if we want to take another perspective on that on that issue, the thing is sometimes just talking you know being with queer friends it's it's pretty important uh, in identity building and sometimes you do talk about that and thing assuming about people and are they queer and saying what do you think they are 
and it's kind of you know it's a it's a group ritual a little bit <laughs> and 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 that is also important in your own identity building but it should not be disrespectful of others yeah identity building and and the the boundary the lines between the the two the, the situation can be a little bit blurred it's not that easy to identify when to stop yeah and at the same time it's like you know it's uh, we, we've discussed this issue ad nauseum in our in our classes. It's like when you are facing someone who has an identity that's different to yours that you don't know much about, be it uh, gender or sexuality or race or culture, whatever it is. How do you operate? Because some people are like, no, you know, I don't see color, I don't see gender. It's just a social construct. Blah 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 blah. And that implies, yeah, okay, you're maybe accepting, but you're also completely dismissing that entire person's history. Because yeah. so much of history is bound to identity, inevitably so. Yeah. And so, like, how do you how do you navigate that between being colorblind? I hate that term, mm-hmm. but between uh, not wanting to there to be a difference, but also seeing that difference and accepting it and operating around it. Yeah. Um, and also, you can in the end, uh, you could um, you could also just go too far and define the person only by their. Exactly. Their ethnicity or, or sexual orientation, and, and that's not what you want to do. I was just thinking of the uh, the recent incident with uh, Justin Trudeau, where he was like, not mankind, but people kind. Like, that's... I think he was making a joke, but... I don't think so. He looked very serious when he was saying it, and he has a tendency of always being like mega woke <laughs> I don't know things. I don't but know. that just goes to show where like you don't want to also make the other person feel uncomfortable it's just like I know you're gay and I know your struggle yeah no you don't know my struggle honey <laughs> yeah no you, you you don't know and but it's yeah I think I think it's it's just about balance again yeah. and, and finding the right boundary and, and that's when you know we're, we're working with the forest working with um, LGBTQ clients you cannot ignore yeah. The sexual orientation or gender identity in the in the, in the therapeutic process—it's not Absolutely possible. Not. It would be it would be a mistake to ignore it. But if the client tells you that they don't want to work on it, or it's not a priority, or it's not what what their issue is, you have to go with what they want to work on. Yeah, you're not ignoring, but you also have to prioritize prioritize what the person wants to work on. And I'm pretty sure, in the end, when it comes to a by fire gate, or it's probably <laughs> the same thing. Is that even though you know, or you think there might be something, if the person doesn't give an indication that they are ready to discuss it, mm-hmm. you should respect that. Yeah, and I think also for us as therapists, it's a little easier because we're actually required to ask those questions. We're oh, required yeah. to ask, what's your sexuality? What's your gender identity? You know, some people may choose not to answer, but most of the time, we will know the answer. In our work, in our personal life, we don't go around asking people. <laughs> that's not the one rude thing like, I was talking about. Hello, my name is Mari. What's your gender identity? <laughs> I mean, of course, if you you're meeting someone, someone you, can mis- you can ask them for their pronouns, which is the polite thing to do. Yeah. But you're not going to browbeat them about their sexuality yeah and also in straight space if you do that it's it's weird yeah i i can't even imagine like being in a room full of straight people and walking it's like cis het people and walking up to them what's your pronouns they're going to be like say what because they're completely unaware of the fact that people may use pronouns that are were not assigned to them at birth or they may choose alternative pronouns and also 
the whole issue with pronouns, of course, is the language issue, which we won't get into that. Yeah, because it works in English, but... <laughs> it works in English, but it, works, it doesn't work in a lot of other languages, namely French and, and Russian yeah. and Ukrainian and, and a uh, lot of languages. Yeah. Um, but I, there's one thing that I wanted to ask to, uh, to put a lighter spin on, on the subject uh, to finish up. Mm -hmm. um, do you think, at least in your experience, is it easier to assume the sexuality of some, someone that you've known for a long time or someone you've just met? Oh, that's a good question. Because, um, like, the reason why I'm asking is that I was just thinking that I could not for the life of me assume the sexuality of any of the people I grew up with. Like, right now, for me, that would be impossible. Yeah, because we were kids together. Exactly. And I think that having grown up together, I just, I can't even think of them as sexual beings. Yeah. In general. It's like, you have sex, it's weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, when it comes with people you, you knew other kids, it's a different yeah. thing. Because you have a different perspective and people you have known your whole life you can't be objective enough. Yeah. Then people that you've known for a long time, but in your adult life, it's much easier. Yeah. And and then sometimes, and sometimes people you've met, it's sometimes very obvious, and not because just of stereotypes. Sometimes, I mean, for me, there's this impression mm -hmm. that, oh yeah, honey, you're not straight. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell it. I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. I'm just going to keep the information for myself and see if I'm right. And generally, I am. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's that's interesting because it's kind of like, you know, you've known a lot this person mm -hmm. your whole life, you know their life story, but still you don't have enough information to go off of to assume their sexuality mm -hmm. versus you just met this person and you get this vibe and that's enough for you to go on. It's like a weird kind of flipping the whole. Um, it's it's also you know it's not just about sexuality. Let's yeah. let's be honest. We had some people you just met who you know not not for that long, but you mm -hmm. really click with them and you get them and other people you've known your whole life, I mean your family, and you still don't understand at all how they function and it's mutual generally. It's like those are strangers that I've known all my whole life. True. So Makes sense? Yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't think I would ever be able to safely assume the gender or sexuality of anyone in my family <laughs> even if like i know that most of them are straight and 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 cis yeah but like what if there's something else going on but i would never be comfortable enough to ask them or like even discuss that no. or think about it actually because you know <laughs> i'm just saying it's like a it's like this weird thing where you know there's this this whole theory of how you meet someone and you slowly penetrate for the lack of a better word uh, you penetrate the layers of, 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 of um, their being and you get to the core of like what makes them a, a person mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. unpack them. It's like an onion, basically. Yeah. Um, but with, with sexuality, there's a lot of things that you assume. And I'm, I don't think it's necessarily stereotyping, like you said. I think it, yeah. it has to do with just having a, a vibe. And stereotypes sometimes are useful because sometimes people use stereotypes to communicate about themselves. That is true. I mean, I do have a bunch of buttons on my bag that scream queer, so... You know, it's literally <laughs> written, I mean, it's, it's, on, your, on, on your bag, it's clearly explicitly said. Uh, I mean, my, my laptop case, which is kind of the bi, uh, flag, color of the, of, the, of the bi flag, it's more implicit. Yeah, because that's true. You have to know to get it, Yeah. but people who are supposed to know it, to get it, get they it. Do. Yeah. They do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's kind of like we have a secret code. It is. It's like a secret language. I like that. Anyway, this conversation went way off topic, but I love it. Um, 
So, uh, do you guys think that the bi-fi or the gaydar or the whatever other term that you can come up with is real? Um, do you think such a thing also exists for maybe gender? Because yeah. we haven't really discussed that, and, and obviously we're not in a position to assume that. No. So if there are any trans people or non-cis people that would like to contribute to that conversation, is there something like that? Is there a discourse about it? Uh, according to one person I've talked to recently, uh, a trans person I've talked to recently about that, um, they, they were telling me that, yes, mm-hmm. when they came out as trans, another trans person said, oh, yeah, I knew. I've known for a long time, and I was waiting for you to come to the realization. So probably okay. there's something that there, too. That's interesting. All right, well, you guys let us know what you think, and we will see you next week. Meanwhile, subscribe to us on Twitter, by underscore positive and on iTunes and SoundCloud and Google Play and basically any other um, everywhere. platform. We're everywhere. Bisexuals are everywhere, which is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye.